welcome <laughs> to your favorite show. Wow. Not only, but also. People really did. The transatlantic, the transatlantic accent, the like, the Catherine Hepburn, let's travel yeah. across America. That was like a that thing that people was just really um, did on purpose. They learned to speak like that. It's a very and strange so. thing. And yeah. so. Um, and so. And so. We're, we really still need to make shirts that say and so. I do say it. I know you do. I'm I saying we need to, to make shirts that just say and oh, so. Oh, shirts. I didn't hear that. I thought you we said have to, make It's sure time for some say. merch. Actually, oh, yes. would you all buy Noba merch if we had merch? Press one for yes. Press <laughs> two for no. Press three for maybe. Because it's kind of a rhetorical question via podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Welcome to Not Only But Also, I'm Nicole. I am the oh dang. I'm the oh dang. <laughs> you are the oh dang. <laughs> Absolutely. And we are talking today about BFFs. And friendship. Oh, Aaron, no BFFs. Just friendship in general. I know. We're talking about friendships, BFFs, frenemies. No. All the friend things. Yeah, I'm against frenemies. I'll just say that right up front. Oh, really? You don't, I don't even know what yeah. those are. We'll talk about it. Okay. And um, oh, so that means we're going to share some of our friendship story and some other friendship stories. And you all also shared some questions with us. Yes. And on I'm our Instagram, Renee's by the closeness of this microphone. really badly. <laughs> I don't like how close this is to me, Evan. Does it feel too close? Only my husband's allowed to be this close to me. You could, can she scooch it back a little bit? You have to be comfortable. We have to talk. Do they know that I got a dog? I got a dog. Oh, I mean, I hope people know because at least on my personal Instagram, I shared you <laughs> Carrying the dog in a baby dog carrier <laughs> at my house, and my mind was blown. And this is because I'm a cat person through and through. That's was putting it mildly. You would screech when there were dogs near you. You would push them away, <laughs> and now you wear one on your body. <laughs> Just one. What a way to what a transformation. People want to talk about 2020 transformations, changes, Renee's. 21, 2021, 20, 22 transformation of becoming a dog lady. I'm not a dog Crazy. lady. I'm just a Leo lady. Leonardo da Vinci. Listen, Bahati you're Queen. a lot nicer to my dogs now too. I now am. that you have a dog. Because I, I understand them more. They're uh -huh. not so freakish to See, me. See, it's happening. It's I had happening. a negative encounter with a dog in high school and it just put me off of dogs for life. And then, oh, and then one of my friends who we'll talk about later, um, not this part, but share her mom like bred Pomeranians and those things were Oh, they're the, they're nightmares. So I was like, heck They no. look so cute. They're like... They just hopped up and down barking. Gremlins? Wait, what are gremlins before they turn? Gremlins. No, no. What are they called before they turn to gremlins? They're called... Gizmos. Yeah, they had a, they had a Pomeranian named Gizmo. Well, Gizmo was the name of the name, but they're called something else. Anyway, that's what Pomeranians are like because they look really cute. But then if you feed them after midnight or you get water on them, they're they're the worst. Horrible. They're the worst. I can't remember what they're called. They're called Mogwai? Is that real? Am I saying that right? They're not called Mogwais. I haven't seen Gremlins since the 80s. That sounds like a fake. That sounds like a weird Star Wars name of something. But I also don't know Star Wars enough to make any kind of claim to any of that. I feel like we should just do an entire episode talking about dogs and cats. 
The Truth About Cats and Dogs <laughs> by Renee and Nicole. <laughs> yes. The sequel to Uma Thurman and Janine Garofalo. All right. So we've shared a little bit before about our friendship story. I mean, I'm sure woven throughout other episodes, we've talked about mm-hmm. how we met, how we became friends. I wish I could remember which specific episode, but I don't because I don't know. Um, Maybe the Enneagram one? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I don't. I guess like if we can't remember, you won't either. I guess so it's, good. it's not really actually specifically important to this conversation. I was just thinking, what did we – is that going to bother you? It's not going to bother me because it's cold. Oh, my air conditioning is kicked on and everyone was – there was a moment. There was a moment there. Um so we're just always trying to make the environment happy for Evan because he's doing all the hard work. So That's we want true. it to sound excellent. That's true. Even though um, Renee will suffer with this close <laughs> microphone in this ch- chilly room. Are you cold in here? No, it's fine. Um, but we were talking about sharing some of the um, harder parts of our friendship. Mm-hmm. Not just like the how we met. You know, we met and was it love at first sight? And we were kind of like, mm-hmm we decided or we're going to be friends or we're not going to be friends and we stayed friends and then we became great friends and best friends and and really now we call each other sisters which i think is a more all encompassing yeah. uh at least feeling for me when i think about our relationship friends or like best friend doesn't feel like enough to say that it's oh, different that's so well sweet. it's a different i have a different relationship with you than anyone mm-hmm. but anyway all that to say there's a reason for that too, and we've really fought for our friendship, mm-hmm. and we've been um, what's the we've had to be really intentional about things, mm-hmm. and both of us had to get healthier, mm-hmm. and it. What I was saying to you before we started recording, I think a lot of times we hear people talk about, um, you know, you have to work at your marriage, and you got to put in this time, and you got to. You know, go to therapy together or, you know, this isn't for everyone, every marriage, but generally speaking, we hear that message. But I don't feel like we hear that message for friendships. Like you got to put in the time. You have to work for your friendships. You have to and do the investing and get healthier and, and, hey, maybe even go to therapy with your friend. That should be totally okay and on the table. And it's if it's the person, if it's a person that you love that you're willing to fight for, you got to fight for that friendship. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know that I know anybody who's ever gone to therapy with a friend, but I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, I don't actually know anybody in person, but I, oh, a podcast that I've listened to forever and ever, um, the two it's two women, and they weren't really friends when they started their podcast. Mm. They were just like acquaintances, but then their podcast blew up and became hugely popular, and they were forced to you know, be in relationship with each other in a totally different way. They call each other sisters too at this point. Like they're, it's transcended friendship because they've mm-hmm. had this wild, crazy ride together. They've traveled all over the world touring and they started, they're very open about therapy individually. They talk about it all the time, which is something that kind of desensitized me to mm-hmm. the idea of going to therapy. But then they started talking about that they were going to therapy together. Wow. And they were so open about it, and I just thought, that is so cool. They were like, listen, this is hard. Like, we're together all the time. We have to travel together. We have to work together, and we love each other, but we fight, and we have mm-hmm. to figure this out. And they started going to therapy together, and I just thought, what an amazing idea and example. Like, I just wish that that was something that 
we talked about more and was more commonplace. Do you know what, do you, have they ever revealed their Enneagram types? Because I think that has a lot to do with how they people are not relate. like Enneagrammers but that I know of. They never, I mean, I could probably guess what their Enneagrams are based on them. I think they're probably maybe an eight and a six mm-hmm. if I had to guess. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. So talk about that because that you were sharing about how our Enneagram definitely has had Obviously, this is just personality, right? This just boils mm-hmm. down to personality. But it's had such a impact on how we individually handle conflict yeah. and what happens to us in conflict. And then, of course, that affects our relationship. Yeah, I think um, I think most of you know that I became a Enneagram trainer last year. And so it's been really fun working with different organizations and helping them kind of uh, – the organizations, some of the people within the organizations – kind of get to know each other on a different level so they can be more supportive of each other mm-hmm. in their workplace environments. And it's bizarre for some of them to bring the Enneagram because it's so personal. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, it's been really, I think, life-changing and game-changing for a lot of companies. But in, in some cases, companies have gotten closer and others, people have left oh, because they realize so this person is in such unhealth right. that I can no longer work with yeah, them. Yeah, right. Like there wasn't, it exposes what's already there. It exposes there. so yeah. much. So, um, yeah, so absolutely, I think I'll go general right now. Your Enneagram type can absolutely help you gain empathy towards somebody else because when you look at each of the types, we can go to other types in when we're stressed out and, and then a different type when we are in security. So we can look a lot of different ways at a lot of different times. Mm-hmm. And I think it behooves us as people, behooves. whether we're behooves. Is that how you say it? Behooves. I don't know. Behooves. I just think behooves. that's a word that we behooves. need to use. Behooves. More. I always say words wrong, and I don't actually care anymore. <laughs> Ask me how many foxes I have on my shirt. <laughs> Zero. Um, but I think when we understand the underlying issue, when when you, my our friend Sean has a book called The Five L's. And he, and it's about leading loved ones out of trauma. And when you ask the question, instead of asking what's wrong with you, what mm-hmm. happened to you? Yeah. That's such a gracious way mm-hmm. to determine whether or not somebody is in a healthy place and whether yeah. or not they're worth fighting for. I mean, unless you're like, what happened to you? Yeah, what happened like, to you? What happened to you? But yeah, it's definitely better than, what's wrong with you? So I don't know. I Maybe I'll get into the Enneagram later. I'm not sure. Well, you ask me some questions and then I can Well, ask okay. You. I was just saying specifically how it kind of applies to us. So, Oh, are, one, we, are we going to start with us first? Or yeah, we we're starting with us. Always starting okay. with ourselves. Always starting with us first. And then we'll us. go into the Yeah, yeah. Meet. Well, okay. So I actually had a consultation. I need to be careful uh you know i gotta keep my my work confidential but i had a consultation with somebody who happens to be a woman of color and an eight Mm -hmm. and she is uh relatively new to her company and she was talking about how it's been hard for her she's also kind of young Mm -hmm. to assert herself in the way that she would want to because when she had done so in a different Mm -hmm. company they kind of shut her down. Mm-hmm. So she's in this very kind of precarious space where she's like a little bit afraid to be her whole self for yeah. a lot of different reasons. Um, although this company is very inclusive of diversity. Anyway, so she was saying that the biggest conflict has emerged with somebody who happens to be a four. Mm-hmm. How this four mm-hmm. was like uh, also a person of color 
and was like, I, we, sh- we need to be best friends right away. Mm-hmm. And the eight was like, uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm cool. I can't. <laughs> like, I can't. And then the four got really hurt and the four like blew up. And then it was this whole like, we're not friends, but we, we're at work. Yeah. And so now it was a big fight. Yeah. That's really uncomfortable. So I, Oh, shoot. That, like, makes my stomach hurt thinking about going to work and having a situation like that. Also, to add, Renee and I are an eight and a four. Yes. So these are our And that, this, I don't think this situation has ever come up between us. I don't think. What do you mean? Where I was, like, trying to be your close friend and you were pushing me away, maybe? No. Okay. That has not ever happened. No, this hasn't. (laughs) So I basically, I kind of stepped back and I said, you know, um, one of the most profound things I think that Nicole had told me six, seven, eight years ago, we've been friends 10 years, was that sometimes because of my volatility with my emotions, because I'm a four that I don't even realize, I just have different feelings. And sometimes I don't, like a four's point of health is equanimity. Mm -hmm. This kind of, you can have your emotions, you just don't have to act on them all the time. Mm -hmm. And Nicole had mentioned once that sometimes she feels like she has to walk on eggshells with me. And I will tell you that that was one of the most like revelatory and I mean was I humiliated maybe but not in a bad way it was like oh I don't ever Mm -hmm. want to create that kind of situation for somebody and so that helped me say well I need to move into that self-awareness and so Mm -hmm. I shared this with her that sometimes fours don't even realize their volatility that they're just they they really just feel something and they're acting and then depending on the four they're going to be more vocal yeah anyway and then as an eight sometimes, I shared with what Nicole said once. Uh, well, Nicole actually shared it back, so I had forgotten. I had said to her once in the, in the kind of pivotal moment of our friendship, I don't know how to be your friend. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like Nicole had walls that I didn't understand. And um, so it felt like I could never get through. <clears throat> and when I shared this, it really resonated with this person. Yeah. And again, I just said to her, um, you know, there's nobody asking you. The, the The point of contention here is that somebody is asking you to be friends in a professional space, mm-hmm. which is a completely different conversation. Yeah, and I had that with her. But I bringing in kind of those nuggets from our friendship was yeah. really cool and helpful for her. I hope I did a good job articulating yeah, it was great. that. And just this idea that we can have these points of our character that are can be uh, like they can be connected to our enneagrams, but once we realize that, then we 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 ought to do something about it. Yeah, and I think it allows us to have more empathy. Like now, when I see, um, maybe this I don't actually see those walls come up with you anymore, but I used to. No, oh, that's good. But I think if I. Or maybe if I do now, I don't automatically take them personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's something a four also does. Yeah. They'll immediately turn it to what did I do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. instead of just Nicole might have X, Y, or Z happening that has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm, yeah. That was huge for me in terms of – well, that was huge for me with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Not just you. I think that's um, – it's so good because it's um, – there's so many things. I Even as you were just sharing, I was thinking of all these different points of conversation we've had over the years where we've like – We've had to just bring stuff up to each other like, well, this is how I feel about this and or this is this action is making me feel like this or when you do this, this is how I feel. And for both of us, like we've both shared that with each other over the years. This isn't like some one-sided thing, yeah. which I think even that alone um, 
I know that that's really hard for a lot of people yeah. in friendship. And so I don't want to like sit here like, oh, we're, we've just always been able to just talk about our, that's not the mm-hmm. case. Like we definitely had years of trying to manage our friendship um, out of our unhealth. Oh, yeah. And where there was silent treatments and crying. Or there were people thought people were mad at each other or we wouldn't talk to each other for a little time or whatever. I mean, we had our own things that we were trying to manage in in the wrong ways. And then as we got healthier individually, healthier individually, we it just it helped us get healthier together as mm-hmm. a, as as it should. I mean, that's the goal, right? But I think because we were both committed to our friendship and we knew we were committed to it, that's kind of how we got through even mm-hmm the seasons of unhealth. But you have to at least hopefully get to a place where you can say to your, whoever your person is, you know, whoever you're thinking of when, if you're listening to this, like who, what friend or friends do you want to have closer intimacy with or who do some things that drive you crazy that maybe you haven't talked to them about. I mean, we've been able to say to each other, hey, this, I don't love that you do this. Or um, I remember you saying to me, I don't know how to be your friend. I remember you saying to me, um, you said, what do you need from me? You said, because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that to me was when the point was like, oh, I remember saying back to you, I don't know either. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know how to answer that question because I didn't know what I even needed from you. It's a, such a beautiful question and gracious that you even asked, but I, I couldn't even say it for myself because I wasn't even in a place of health to be able to tell you what I needed. Yeah. And um, man, we've come a long way. And you know, and I know when I entered into our friendship, I had come out of really, some really rotten experiences where I had been hurt by people who were, I uh, needed to let go of. Yeah. Like they needed to stay in the past. They're still in the past. One of them reaches out to me. She's in a different state every once in a while. And I have not been ready to see Mm -hmm. her. The last time she reached out was like four or five years ago. I Obviously, COVID has happened and that changed everything. Right. But I think if she reached out now, I would be more willing because I'm in a place yeah. where I might, if she hasn't changed, yeah, yeah, I yeah. am more aware now of things that triggered me that I wasn't, I couldn't handle That 10, you'd potentially be able ago. to like manage more realistically in, yeah. in, in a relationship with yeah. her. And yeah. And I could ascertain whether or not I w- would want to continue friendship or if right. having coffee with her is just fine. Right, right. So I think I was taking all of <laughs> those trauma and trigger points into your friendship and just kind of navigating like, you know, am I going to, who am I going to piss off next? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, to your credit, they were wildly unhealthy and I don't think that they've gotten much healthier. And the thing is, is I, you know, some people ask, when do you stay? When do you go? And I think for them, it was so toxic and so, like, you've hurt my feelings before, but they, like, eviscerated me and were yeah. so mean yeah. that it wasn't even – it was not safe. Yeah. That, I think that's a huge difference. I think for for people to flush out, like, how do we – what's the difference between – your feelings are going to get hurt in friendships no matter what. Your feelings will get hurt in any relationship. I mean, essentially, anyone you're close to, anyone you offer any kind of vulnerability with, your, your feelings are going to get hurt. That's just the way it goes. But there is a difference between someone with a pattern of toxic behavior or someone not um, respecting your boundaries or, um, you know, you feeling, like you said, eviscerated. I mean, okay, so you bring up a good point. When you – should you say or should you go? When I was growing up, I feel like the message that was always communicated to me was like, 
you don't like friendships just last forever. Hmm. Like you don't let your friendships go. There was never, I mean, I don't have any memory of anyone ever talking about like a friendship running its course. Hmm. Yeah. That was just not a message I ever heard. And then I met Jonathan and he would have, he had some of these friendships just over the course of the first few years of me knowing him that just kind of were there and then weren't there. Hmm. And I remember being really bothered by it. Yeah. Like, oh, you're flaky or you're flaking out on your friends or, you know, don't you want to call? I mean, I would even ask him, like, don't you want to call so-and-so and see them? And, you know, he's like, no, I'm good. I'm cool. Like, it's fine. And I remember kind of pressing him and he was like, I'm just, we're not friends like that anymore. Hmm. We're not close like that anymore. Or, And it's, it. I just had never considered how friendships can shift hmm. or or die in that kind of way or you can just let them go. Yeah. I had never had that. And then I had my very closest friendship. I had to make the decision to do that. And so I was what 20 something. And I think you did tell that on an episode. Yeah, I did. And I won't retell the story, but I... must have been boundaries. It must have been our boundaries episode. I think it was. Okay. Um, this person, I mean, she was the closest person to me forever, for years and years and years. She lived in my home um, with my parents for a time. We'd been through hell and back together, truly. Um, but every time I hung out with her, I felt awful about myself. Mm-hmm. I would come home and I just felt like a piece of garbage. And I couldn't ever even really put my finger on it. She just made me feel bad about myself. She would kind of nitpick these little things or there was no like grace. There was no, there was no camaraderie. There was no, I don't know. She just would chip away at me slowly, slowly, slowly. And so I was like, I have to end this friendship. It was the first time I'd ever thought about ending a friendship, let alone one that that had been that close for that long. And someone asked about, was one of the questions that someone asked about? Yeah, we had Several come in. If you love someone. If somebody's not healthy. If someone's not healthy for you. Yeah. How to deal when a friend is unhealthy for you, but you still love them. Yeah. That's a, I think there's, I think there can be a couple parts to answer that one. I'm not going to answer that whole thing or we can talk about that one in a second, me and you both. But I just, anyway, I knew I was supposed to let this friendship go. And so it happened in the best possible way. She ended up moving Mm -hmm. out of state, far away. And I didn't even have to do anything. I didn't even have to say it to her. And you just never kept in touch. We just did not keep in touch. She tried keeping in touch with me and I was, you know, I was like cordial back, but I wasn't out there trying to manage this friendship across the country with someone who I didn't want to have any friendship with. And that was like the beginning for me of like, oh, like scripture talks about seasons a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think it's totally okay to have friends for a season and why do we not talk about that? Why do we not think that or believe that? Yeah. And I think about how, you know, you've got your flowers that are annuals and perennials. Oh, yeah. And I, so I think it's like nature, my yeah. great legacy in life, I think, like the thing that I've been best at, and this is not because of me, is friendships. Yeah, yeah. I have, like, I have friends from 40 years back, 30 years, 25, like I can go down the whole yeah. thing. And some of them... Some of them have been annuals in more of like a general way, but the but some of them 
because of shifts in life, mm-hmm. we kind of stepped away and, and we were still in communication. We would visit each other, we yeah. would whatever, but we weren't like on the regular yeah. and we weren't priorities. Yeah, yeah. Who now are priorities in my life. Mm-hmm. And who, and I think that's really interesting too. There, because I know that there was, um, you know, when I went and decided to become extremely religious, uh, the the three groups, uh, three people from high school we met when we were fourteen. This was now in college. They decided to leave any sort of faith that yeah. they may have had. They never really did. Well, one kind of did, and so there was a definite split there because I yeah. really blame myself for that yeah. because I became so inhospitable in a in a hospitable way. Like they'll always give me because I've apologized to them and they're like, you were never. They're like, sometimes the way you thought scared us, but you never treated us unkindly, which made me feel really good. And so I do have to give myself grace there. And, but um, I know that there was nothing really left in common there because the only thing I could think about or talk about or do about was Jesus. Right. Yeah. So it was like, well, if we're not going to talk about anything else, what are we? And it's such a, um, I mean, I have very similar, I had very similar things with like, it's such a kind of a sad a result of evangelicalism when like a Christian becomes a new Christian and then they're like, I'm on fire for Jesus. And then all I can talk about is Jesus. And, and all I can listen to all and watch I can listen is and Christian everything. music. And then it's, and then like the, you have other friends and they're like, do you want to hang out? And you're like, do you want to read the Bible together? Yeah. And like, and then it we becomes lose. about evangelizing them. Yes. And then we like, yes. And then we lose our, we lose the <laughs> ability to be a human being. It's I almost know. like we become these weird like Stepford, you know, it's true. Christian women. Well, it's so. And I totally did the same thing. I'm. I'm saying this that like, if I could go back and be like Nicole, it's not. You, also, it's, evangelizing them. No, just love people. Just be yeah. with people. Yeah. Just hang out with the people you like. Yeah. All of those things. And I will tell you, like full circle. So it's been 30 years. We are deeply close with each other, and we live all over the country. And I can talk to you. Somebody asked, "How do you stay in touch?" I stay in touch through an app called Voxer, Voxer. which you it's like a walkie-talkie app. You can look it up. V O X E R. I'm not gonna, you know, give them advertisement, but we. Well, here's why. You leave messages. They pick them up whenever they need to. Like I've got several messages waiting for me. I just have not had a chance to listen to them. Um, when I used to be on campus, I used to walk and vox and I was always huffing and puffing and inevitably there was a lawnmower or a marching band or something happening as <laughs> soon as I started to vox and leave my message and everybody was like, whoa. Anyway, so that's how I maintain. Plus we travel, um, uh, text, and sometimes we make phone calls. But tonight I will say, but bringing back to the whole faith, uh, having being a person of faith with friends who are not of that faith Tonight I had a conversation right before I got over here and I called her. She actually lives here, but she had something not good happen. So I called to make, to just hear, hear what happened. And as I pulled up to Nicole's house, I just had this overwhelming feeling that I believe was from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Like, and it was just this overwhelming feeling about an outcome. And I immediately shared it with her because she knows me now. It's 30 years. And I just said, this is what I'm feeling. And yeah. she goes, oh my gosh. 
She said, that means so much to me. Yeah. She goes, I trust whatever realm you're in. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. So good. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And that that's how I've established relationship with them and with some, um, there's with the three of them, with some, with her specifically, it's very, it is a little bit more spiritually connected. Yeah, yeah. Where she's had... um I mean, she's had dreams or nightmares and she's like, you have to come over to my house right now and pray. Pray, yeah. And I I did and it like, well, some, and then some bastard broke up with her the next day, but that was because I prayed that the evil spirit would leave and that <laughs> and evil that spirit, son of a bitch bastard <laughs> left. And uh, <laughs> he really was. <laughs> he was so bad. He was so bad. And um, oh, I just had a revelation that I need to share with her. <laughs> if you're listening... The key is Moscato. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm going to say. So I just had a revelation. All right. So there was that. And I think that that's been really cool. And then with the other two in the friendship, I can be spiritual, but I don't have to be. Yeah, yeah. And I think that You can they, be yourself. I mean, that's the point. Like, yeah. They're, I think one of the best markers for a friendship is can you be yourself? Do yeah. you feel like- you can be your whole self. That doesn't mean that we have all the same things in common. That, yeah. And you're talking about something really significant, even sh- sharing faith. Yeah. That's not what that means. But can you be your whole self with yeah. them? And, yeah. and there would be people in the evangelical community who would criticize me for not bringing my friends right. to faith. But how do you know that I have it? I mean, my friend tonight has not confessed Jesus Christ as actually she did when I made her when we were 22. <laughs> yeah, right. But she did. Um, <laughs> I made Evan laugh. I love when I make Evan laugh. But her receiving what I believe was a message from the Holy Spirit tonight. Yeah. Hello. Right. That is Why do I need to take her through the Romans road? Whatever right. that hell shit is. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that hell is. Ooh, Freudian slip. And um, so that kind of thing. And they can be open to that. You don't have to be antagonizing. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, I think be that's an a antagonizing example. Friend. And like like MLM, MLS, MLM. Like if you multi-level sell, marketing? Yeah. Like I don't want a friend. <laughs> You don't want somebody who calls you up to like take you to coffee only to sell you it's oils listen. or whatever. You sell me Norwex and sell me oils. You you can do oils that to me. still. I no, I'm over oils. I'm I'm over under them. Okay, fine. I'm I'm with them. Are people still selling essential oils? I'm sure they are, but they don't they don't happening? bug me about them. I just weeded them all out of my. Feed? I still use them, but I get mine on Amazon because I'm exactly. a capitalist. Right. I'm a capitalist. I'm a capitalist when it comes baby. To that. So, um, and also some of those brands out there are so expensive. Oh, they're wildly expensive. And I'm like, no, I'm not spending $974 for an ounce of lavender. What's that one? Jonathan and I totally got sucked into it. Ylang Ylang. Oh, it's, uh, we're not going to say what the company Ylang, is, Ylang Ylang. No, the old, it's not an essential oil company. It was like back, it was like such a, so many Christian women were like, Amway? Argon. Argon. Argon? Airborne. Airborne. Arbon. Arbon. Yes. Do you remember Arbon? I don't Arbonne? know Arbon. No. I, I know people have talked about it, but it's like a bag or it's No, like no. It's like it's like skincare makeup? products. Oh yeah. Or okay. skincare products and like body like I don't know, lotion, shampoo, conditioner. Everyone was selling Arbon. This Not was my pre 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 essential oils. Okay. 
This was like I missed out at on the this ma- at the evangelical mega church. They were selling okay. everyone was selling Arbonne. It was the thing to do. Oh, listen, people were making Skrilla. They were making hundreds of thousands of dollars Skrilla. a year. Oh, I should have done that. Mm-hmm. I missed my chance. Um, so if you MLM Jesus, come on. Yeah, this is he does not support. And if any that of you feel guilty, whatsoever. don't MLM. Just remember, I'm not MLMing my friends. Yeah, and don't feel guilty for not quote-unquote evangelizing friends that you have that aren't (laughs) i don't know that don't believe like you do that's not how it goes that's not a actually there was a girl in my uh, that that i worked with um like years back years back and uh we waited tables together at a restaurant and i remember she was just having some really hard things going on in her life. I don't even remember anything specific I said. I have no idea. Don't. I don't. Couldn't tell you. But one day she just looked at me and she was like, you care more about my life than anyone else I know. Hmm. And like, you really care about what's happening to me. And she was like, why is that? Hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know. Cause I, I love you. Like, I just, you know, I care about what's happening to you. And and she knew I was a Christian. We had conversations over time and whatever, and we talked about things afterward. But that's the stuff, too, at the end of the day. Like, what's that quote from my Angelou? Um, people people will remember how you make them feel. Yeah, not what you do, I think. Not what you do, not what you say, but people will remember how you make them feel. Yeah. And I think that that communicates a lot in friendship, like, how do we actually make our friends feel? And how do our friends make us feel? And how do our and friends make help us, us feel? That's right. I mean, I had a friend who made me feel terribly every time I was with them. And I didn't want to. Okay. So that also makes me think of this list. I'm not, I don't want to read the whole thing. We're but pretty meandery, but it's okay. But, um, we do have to come to like the pivot of our friendship. Oh yeah. We'll weave that in in, in a second. We're, keep, we're keeping you hanging like they do at, um, on those game shows. Or okay. This is, shows. this is ne- Nedra. What did we? I think it's Tawab, but I Tawab. Don't know. That's what I think is right too. Nedra Tawab. We've mentioned her before. If you don't follow her on Instagram, I would highly recommend. She's a therapist, New York Times bestseller. She's amazing. I, I mean, I, I've learned actually a lot from yeah, what she shares. She's like an expert on boundaries. So she has this um, list signs that you might be ready to end a friendship, and I feel like it's it's so taboo. No one talks about ending friendships. Mm-hmm. We talk about divorce. Yeah. More readily and more easily than we talk about saying goodbye to an unhealthy friendship. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. I would like to discuss why we think that, why that is. But before that, um, you dread spending time with your friend. You constantly feel annoyed with them. You've changed and the relationship doesn't fit who you are. You avoid your texts. You avoid your friend's texts or calls. You're reluctant to share any good news or any news in general with them. You no longer have anything in common. You're tired of setting boundaries and not having them honored. And you're no longer getting what you need. Mm-hmm. So, so much of this is like this feeling like you dread spending time with them. Like there are people that I would, if I had to think about like being with them, I would get this like sick feeling yeah. like, oh no. Or we all have it. We know that when certain people call, their number comes up on our phone or we get a text from them or you get that like, oh. And you have to respond, you don't want to respond, and, or you don't want to pick up the phone because there's a different kind of energy. They're draining from you mm-hmm. or they take from you or it's one-sided or mm-hmm. it's um, 
it's not life-giving. Yeah. We all have relationships like that at some point or another. Yeah. And as somebody, you know, as I'm the four in this relationship, fours, when they are stressed out, move to two. And sometimes they can be very acquiescing of mm-hmm. others in order to either feel better about themselves or truly if a four really loves people like I do, you know, you genuinely love people. And so for a long time, I think I've mentioned this on an episode, but I'll say it again. A lot of times I've felt like if people were reaching out to me, it was my mission from God to respond. Like you had to respond. Like I had to. Like this was, mm. this. it was my duty right. to pick up the phone, right. to call. And for when I was single, it was fine. Mm-hmm. And I was single till I was about 30. I had my kids in my early to mid 30s. So I had established this pattern of allowing people right. entrance into my life without yeah. a whole lot of boundaries right. on my part. Yeah. So then it came to like me picking up the phone because I thought it was like ministry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over my husband or my children mm-hmm. early on. And and Greg actually said something like, hey, who's actually more important to you? And I was yeah. like, you by far. And he goes, well, that's actually not What's what, you're, what, what yeah. you're communicating. Uh-huh. And I realized that this person who it was always a drain. Right. It was only one-sided. Mm-hmm. It was very, very like, it was it was only going to a, sp- a spiral into, and it ended up spiraling into the abyss 10 years later. Yeah, yeah. This person actually, I would not have been able to help. Yeah. And I think uh, that is something too to remember that how, you know, friendship isn't just about um, us being there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's a it's a reciprocation. At the same time, I will say that I have allowed some friendships in which it does feel very one sided. Yeah, and where sometimes I feel like I am there to bear a burden. But I will say, in the last year, mm-hmm. I am drained out of my ever loving mind, and I have distanced myself from right. those people. And you set up more boundaries because I'm like, yeah, it's, I don't have time for this anymore. I mean, I think as we get healthier, we we just. As a byproduct, we have less relationships like that in our life. I mean, I have a couple relationships that I think are more one-sided where like maybe this these people maybe take more from me. Um, and I, I think I have some good boundaries. Like I don't try to, you know, hang out with them all the time or I don't answer the phone. Like if I know that I'm already having an exhausted day or I'm having an emotionally tough day or I'm just busy, I don't answer the phone. Because I know that this relationship takes every phone call as a certain amount of time spent. Yeah. Also, where I'm just listening, right? Someone's just talking yeah. to yeah. me. You should or introduce me. them to Voxer. Yeah, I know. Actually, that's actually a good idea. Yeah, you use Voxer. I, you and I should get back on Voxer. I don't know why I, I never on Voxer with you anymore. We used to do it forever and ever. I mostly use Marco Polo with friends, which is like Voxer but with video. Um. Which sometimes is good. I mean, you don't always want to show people your face, but it's the same concept because then you can leave a video and then you can listen to it when you have time, which is the best thing. Yeah. That's how I stay in touch with a lot of people. Um, I don't know what I was saying about that. But yes, okay, to those people draining us and that feeling that we get, we know what those feelings are. Um, okay, then the, the from that list from before, you're – you no longer have anything in common. How important do you think it is to have like things in common? I don't know. I have an example though. My my like bestie from college, Wendy. We are so alike. Um, I think she's probably a th- she's a three. I'm a four. I have a lot of three in me though, and we we were like knit at the hip in mm-hmm. college. 
Of course, I went kind of overboard. She kind of came out of her evangelicalism in college and I like doubled down after college. Right. So that kind of moved us away. But now I, Wendy is, she's married. She's still, uh, she doesn't have any children. She doesn't plan on having any children. I've got three kids. She has all of this. She, we have completely different yeah. lives. Yeah. But I feel closer to her than ever. Yeah. And, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Like there are times, I remember when she got married, uh, earlier, much earlier than I did, there was this chasm. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that was because I felt so lonely. And yeah. somebody mentioned, in fact, I'll, ans I'll ask, answer this, how to remain friends and when constant life changes, I'm always the single one third wheel. I feel you so hard because mm -hmm. like I said, I didn't get married till later and most evangelicals get married earlier. So I felt consistently like I was the third wheel. Yeah. And I think that kind of put a rift and that may be why I doubled down on achievements because mm -hmm. I felt like I had to prove that yeah. I had to do, I had it to have like something. some fulfilling thing. Yeah, you, I had to have yeah. something there that, you know, just so I wasn't always feeling so lonely or feeling like I was a tag along. Um, but I don't know that I haven't processed that out. But I know that that happened there and I know, but we've always championed each other yeah. in our endeavors. Uh, she loves my children. I love what all of the things that she gets to do. I love... I love, and all of the things, not just that she gets to do, all of the things that she pursues with all of her heart. And mm -hmm. she is successful as all get out. Yeah. Just watch out. Yeah. And, um, and I just love it. And so we are like, she's another kind of person who, you know, I always thought she, she and I have gone to battle. Yeah. A lot. And she is another person worth, <laughs> she's worth keeping. Yeah. And I think we're always, always, always going to be close like sisters. Yeah. Even though we're not always in each other's realm, I actually yeah. haven't seen her. It's been a while. Two thousand when you went to LA, right? That was the last time. Yeah. yeah. So no, I didn't even I see her that time. Oh, so it's been since two thousand nineteen. Oh yeah, but again, COVID. I mean, I think okay, that makes me think. Can we have friendships with people we don't have anything in common with? I mean, you're you know you're talking about Wendy now. I think that's a great example. I also think it's a little different slash special because your that friendship has been it's such a long friendship yeah, 25 so you're years. building your commonality then yeah. is your history yeah and your commitment to each other that yeah. kind of becomes your commonality even though you're you don't have necessarily like everyday life to life things in common yeah. but starting a friendship from a mm. new place not having things in common that's really hard yeah i yeah. think that that I, don't, I won't say impossible, but I think that's really tough. Um, and someone asked about – one of the other questions was how do you start or how do you create friendships like as a woman in your 30s? Yeah. Because it is so hard. Mm -hmm. I think that being a grown woman and trying to make friends is some of the hardest shit on the planet. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know why, but it is tough. And – We should figure out why. I think it's harder – I think it's – I do think it's easier for men, not all men, but I think overall it's easier for men. I think because women have, we sometimes are, I don't know, I can I can kind of really only speak with the, the relationships I know. But I, I personally, I think I came into a lot of my friendships, especially in my 20s, when I was married and first had children with a lot of expectation. Yeah. And like misplaced expectation. Sure. And, um 
I also think that I thought I was a better friend than I was. Mm-hmm. I was, I remember I spent years praying for friends. Like post college and getting married, I just did not have close female friends. Um, and I, I literally spent years praying for friends. And I remember one day the Lord was like, do you think you're a good friend? And I was so convicted by that. And I thought, no, I'm, I don't think that I am. I don't think that historically up until that point, I had really been a great friend to the people that had been in my life. Like I was all right. Um, and I still don't think that I'm like the greatest friend I can be. I think that's something I'm always trying to get better at. There's a lot of parts of my personality that I could use as an excuse, but like I, I, can be okay on my own for a long period of time. I am an introvert. I don't get super emotional about certain things, so I can just keep stuff to myself. And then my friends will be like, why? I didn't know about that. Why is? Why didn't you tell me about that? Or people can feel disconnected from me um, more easily. You asking me, what do I need? And I'm like, I don't know. Those kinds of things. I know that I can be hard to be a friend with sometimes, and I, I don't think I'm always as good of a friend as I know I can be. But I think I've gotten better. Um, you But all that to say, like, you know, that's also something to think about, like, when we're in our 30s or 40s and we're really desiring those friendships or Mm -hmm. even our 20s, um, you know, how do we start as an adult? Like, how do we find friends? I mean, we met in our 30s. I was 35. You were 32. Yeah. And... Uh, or 34 and 31, I should, mm-hmm. I should stand right. corrected. Get it right. And we, sp- we spent those first birthdays with each other. So it happened. And, you know, the commonality was church. But I will say sometimes people can become friends with the commonality being church. Mm-hmm. And then when thing, when maybe you go through deconstruction or something happens or what, any part of your identity that had been connected to that friendship falls away. Yeah then the friendship goes. Right. And, and because it's like artificial, it's built yeah. around um, the artificial community of church. So life. then I have to think to your earlier point, what keeps us together? I think for Wendy and me, it's like-mindedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That even though she chose to not to have kids and I, I don't know how I ended up with three, but I did because we were, n- I think she was the one who wanted kids and I didn't yeah, when yeah. we first met. So we like switch a route. But I think at the heart, we have similar mindsets. Yeah. And I think about the women who I was joined to because of Christ, and I still love them because mm-hmm. of Christ and our shared history. Right. But it's harder for me to be in friendship with them because I feel like our our personal lives, our personal priorities, our personal yeah. mindsets are different. Are different, yeah. And at the same time, some of us have different capacities for being able to handle different mindsets. Like it's okay for me to be around women. Uh, it's usually okay for me to be around women who like their entirety of their identity is their children. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not as easy. okay for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't not like that at all. I don't like it. I don't get it. I don't, and maybe I'm not as tolerant of it, but I think. It's rough. That's really rough. Maybe my love for You're them. You're being so gracious. I think my love for I think if I met them now and not having any sort of history, I'd be, I'd like peace out. But the women who f- I feel might, might have that in them. It's the history that keeps us. Yeah, I get that. I think that's fair. So, here's what we would love for you to do. Rate. Review. Subscribe. And tell us how much you love us because we are just so lovable. <laughs> so lovable. But it actually does 
make a difference and it does help people find this podcast if you like this podcast and you care about not only but also you know if you drop a little line there on apple podcasts and give us a little review it actually means something it does and on facebook on instagram on any of these kinds of things listen if we in any way have helped you see the both and better let other people know so they too can see more clearly we are noba podcast everywhere Thank you.